Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Ramble. This is a tumultuous time for football and two days ago the Premier League as we knew it began to fall apart and then now, just as we've grown to love it, the ESL has also fallen apart. I'm joined by JB as ever and we are joined by fan favourite and friend of the pod, Kirko, our resident Villa fan, if you like. JB first, how are you? I'm good, mate, yeah. Yeah, it's been a sort of crazy couple of days, hasn't it, really? It um, certainly has, yeah. So I'm glad to be able to sort of sit here and dissect it, to be honest you with were, you. You were one of the biggest clubs in the country for five I know, minutes yeah, there, absolutely yeah? gutted, mate. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. Kirko, you were also <laughs> one of the biggest clubs in the country for five minutes. <laughs> the, uh, the most successful. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, well, you didn't get the invite to the ESL, though. No, it's because... Um, we're too big, of course. Yeah. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is people remember Spurs winning the Carabao Cup or the whatever it was called at the time, the League Cup. Yeah, they remember them winning the Carlin. Yeah, the Carlin was. Remember Spurs winning the Carlin Cup? Nobody remembers 1982, Kirko. It's just so long ago. And you know what? It's because Villa fans don't go on about it. No, maybe yeah. if Villa fans spoke about it, <laughs> no, yeah. a little bit more. It would be fresh in our minds, exactly. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so in, in this episode, we are also joined by Express and Star journalist Luke Hatfield, who is an avid Villa fan, but color, covers West Bromwich Albion for the local paper. Now, when we had Luke on, the ESL was very much in its ugliest fullest state the second we hung up with luke as if by magic the esl began to unravel so the points we make later in the pod with luke are of course valid criticisms of the system much of which is still relevant now it's falling apart but um obviously we didn't know that we didn't know that chelsea and city and now it's looking like arsenal man united atletico barcelona are all pulling out of the super league i can't say I'm surprised, but I'm surprised how fast it's come. I, just instant reaction from you, Kirko. I, w- did you see this coming so fast? Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't see it coming so fast for the the main pushers of the of the league. So like your man, your Man United, your Liverpool's, your Real Madrid, because they seem really yeah, adamant yeah. to say, you know, this is actually this is what we're doing. We're not asking you for ambition. We're asking you. We, we're just telling you we're going to do it. Um, but I don't know. I just think, is it fan power? Probably not. Is it player power? Who knows? You know, have, have the clubs and owners just thought, actually, this is a bad idea? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the backlash has been unprecedented, hasn't it? Like, obviously, I touched on this with, with Luke later on in the pod. We, they would have expected some kind of backlash, of course. They were yeah. never going to just go, oh, this is brilliant, fantastic, crack on. But the level as to how it's been received, I've never seen anything like it. No. Never seen anything like it before. Um, so maybe there is an element of sort of, um, how do you put it, fan power, uh, peer power, the, the, the pundits, the, the, the big names, the, 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 the other clubs that, that obviously, you know, have sort of made a United stand against it. But it, but it's it's, un, it's unraveled quicker than what I thought. I yeah. thought it would have dragged yeah, out. You know, obviously, Florentino Perez, we all know he is... I'm not quite sure what the word is to use. Notorious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he came out, I think it was earlier today, and, and came and out said and they said they couldn't leave. They literally couldn't leave. They have signed a legally binding contract. You know, it cannot leave. It's, it's set in stone. And then, like I say, if as if by magic, what, less than 12 hours later, hmm. um, the sort of the, the house of cards almost starts falling apart. So it's, 
the points that I'm, like I said, I made later on with, with Luke still stand. It's still going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And I guess we're going to sort of, sort of deep dive a little bit as to, as to what we're going to sort of discuss. Mm. Absolutely. Now, in the the wreckage of it all, there have been some football matches played and there are still some football football matches to be played. Yeah. Um, Wolves relegated Sheffield United. Yeah. I predicted a William Jose goal. He scored. Oh, My run of predicting Wolves oh, results at the moment is insane. I oh, should start putting some money on it. Honestly, mate. Um, Next level stuff. However, I, I can't bring myself to back Wolves to win. Mm-hmm. And make, it just doesn't sit right with me. It <laughs> yeah, doesn't sit right enough, with me. Um, JB, walk us through that game quickly. I'll do it very quickly, mate. It was green. Really, really. Thank green. you, JB. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm happy with that, honestly. It was green, green watch. You know, I've yeah. been on a bit of an all day sesh. Uh, with, with my partner and, and pals and I'd come back and um, I'd, I'd come back and um, basically with, with, with the with the sort of intention of watching the game obviously I was, I was a few drinks deep and it still didn't make any pretty viewing to be honest with you it was a really difficult 90 minutes to watch and barring the goal there's not much else to say really to be honest <laughs> yeah and I think that might be the last anyone ever says about that football match because as we speak <laughs> Football is continuing to unravel. We've just heard, and this is reportedly, that Ed Woodward has resigned from Manchester United. Now, th- that is insane. That, that is a man who's been there for a very long yeah. time and is very important to Man United. And it's something the fans have wanted for a very long time. I, I don't think he'll be the last to go. No. I really don't. I think there will be owners who basically... Leave between the live leave with their tail between their legs, yeah. And there will be some very very red faced CEOs, yeah, um, yeah. chief execs, all, all that kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, and it just comes down to, at the end of the day, what matters: fans, players, and your manager. Absolutely. What goes on in the board does not matter. Yeah, and that, that's the way football is. It's the way it's going to be. So. Just a, a little bit of housekeeping, which we did mention last week. You'll probably listen to this podcast before West Bromwich Albion have played Leicester and before Man City have played um, Villa. However, um, we would have been putting an episode out on Friday night and listen, the beer gardens are open now. We are not recording an episode on Friday <laughs> night. So we are getting an episode in now to preemptively preview Aston Villa against um, West Bromwich Albion. And we will dive into that and all things ESL after you listen to us dive into that with Luke Hatfield of the Express and Star. We're joined now by Express and Star journalist Luke Hatfield, who is a man with a very, very unique perspective on West Midlands football. He says he's an Aston Villa fan, but mm, this is kind of up in the air. Um, and he covers West Bromwich Albion um, alongside uh, Joe Massey at the Express and Star. Luke, how are you, mate? Thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so more than welcome. Rush, didn't rush to deny that he was a an Albion fan. There, um, didn't I don't address rumours, mate. I don't address rumours. <laughs> oh, there's the answer. There's the journal. There's the journal. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So the reason we've got Luke on this week, as you probably have guessed already, is there is a West Midlands derby this weekend. Um, Luke's beloved West Bromwich Albion. Uh, no, Luke's beloved Aston Villa are playing West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> Um, and it's always good to get the inside track from someone who really, really understands both clubs. Now, we talk a lot of Albion. We talk a lot of Wolves. We don't tend to talk that much Villa. So, Luke, can you just start us off with a little rundown of Villa's season, which from the outside looking in looks very, very successful? 
Luke, wh- where do you stand as a fan on this season for Villa? I mean, it started like a house on fire, didn't it? I think everyone was shocked by the way Villa kind of got out of the blocks and uh, they had a great run to start. Obviously, the game against Liverpool, which is one I think every Villa fan will probably look back on really fondly. Uh, just a, a crying shame there were no fans. Um, obviously, that's a crying shame for every club, but for a game like that, it would it would have been incredibly special, that atmosphere of Villa Park under the lights. It's a 7-2 win there. Um, and it, it kind of built from there. And all, all of a sudden, like there was talk of Europe. There was talk of potentially even a top four push. Uh, and then, you know, after Christmas, there was a... I'm glad that never materialised. <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite materialise. <laughs> it kind of... Uh, Villa kind of digressed a little bit. I think yeah. maybe uh, teams kind of caught on um, to, to the formation and the style of play. I mean, obviously the defence has been very good regardless of Villa. Uh, they've made some very good signings. The recruitment's been fantastic. Um, and then, you know, they had the COVID lockdown. They had um, an outbreak at the training ground and that kind of hurt the club a little bit. Uh, they fell behind in terms of games played and then they had to catch up. So yeah. they had a lot of games all, all kind of crammed in and uh, they've mixed with injuries, you know, sp- particularly to Jack Grealish. Villa have kind of slowed down. They've gone off the boil a little bit. And, and I think a lot of Villa fans would have would have hoped for, say, a comfortable a comfortable 13th, 14th play finishes, see, uh, place finishes season. But, I mean, obviously, after the start they had, expectations were raised. Uh, and now there's, there's, there's maybe some disappointment in the form that they're showing. But ultimately, a comfortable mid-table finish in the season that they've had can only be seen as improvement. And after so many years of either battling relegation or, or trying to get out of the championship, I think a lot of Villa fans are kind of happy with, with a little bit of mid-table well, yeah, mediocrity. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. JB, I'm sure you can relate to that being a Wolves fan. Obviously, you had your dark days. Uh, darker than yeah. the Villa days, really. Oh, crikey, um, yeah. And now you're a stable Premier League club. Um, I, It's kind of the elephant in the room. We can't we can't avoid it. Um, yeah. Wolves and Villa are currently mid-table Premier League clubs. If, and this is a big if, because there's a lot of things that need to happen, but if the European Super League were to go ahead, all of a sudden... Um, Villa and Wolves find themselves as two powerhouses of English football again, which is my worst nightmare. Um, but I'm sure you two are a bit happier to hear that. Um, JB, where do you stand on this? Well, I mean, we, we we will cover this in depth today. Um, but JB, yeah. where, where do you sort of weigh in on that? It's, I mean, as much as the story when it broke on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, as much as it was a shock at the time, I don't think it was a shock, if that makes sense. This has been brewing a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, the timing of it, obviously, it's really poor, you know, in the midst of a global pandemic, um, in the middle of a, a, of a game, you know, it, 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 the, yeah. the timing of it was, was really, really poor and quite bizarre, whether that was planned or not, or I think it was Martin Ziegler who kind of officially broke it, um, the, the Times correspondent, whether he just got wind of it, had to break it there and then, I'm not quite sure. But my take on it is, it is pretty much what every football fan in the country seems to be uh, sort of singing from the same hymn sheet, you know, it shouldn't be happening. It's categorically um, incorrect. It's, it's a poor sort of call of judgment. If you like, I think, I think it's obviously purely manipulated by greed. I think potentially, and, and I've, I've discussed this on and off or for the last sort of 48 hours with many different people. I personally think it is going to go ahead. I think I just feel like they would they will have expected this backlash. They will have whether the the level of it 
I don't know, but they will have expected it. It's been funded by some of the richest people in the world, JP Morgan. They will have had watertight contracts around this. They will have expected the FIFA, UEFA, FA, CWR, Backlash, saying you're not going to compete here and there. They will have had all this backed up, I believe, in watertight contracts. Florentino Perez has already come out and said they're in a legally binding contract. Now the teams have signed up the founder clubs. They cannot come back on that. Um, for me, it's just it's a really dark day in football, and it just shows the the, the, the sort of the level and, and, and place where we're at when it comes to greed and money within it. Um, and it's a real shame, real shame. Yeah. I don't think there's much more that I can add on that on, on a, an emotional level that hasn't already been said by the likes of Gary Neville, Absolutely. Jamie yeah. Carragher, uh, Rio, Ian Wright's done uh, did a video which was fantastic yeah, today on look, Twitter. Look um, so I can't really add too much on what people have already said. For me personally, I don't. I know we're sort of linking to it as we go a bit more further into into, into the um, into the conversation. The thought of actually having a Premier League without the big six actually is kind of quite enticing, actually, in a way. Yeah, so, so I, Luke, I do, I do want to get your thoughts. Yeah, that's a really good point from JB there. Firstly, your initial reaction, um, mm. how you feel about the proposal. I, I mean, I follow you on social media. I know how you feel about the proposal. It doesn't take a genius to work out how you might feel about that proposal as a fan of a famous old football club, as the three of us are. Um, and then what would your thoughts be on A, watching and B, covering a Premier League without the big six? So first, Luke, your, your reaction really to the news? I think my my initial reaction would be almost identical to to every true football fan um, that there is. And it's... it's I think it attacks a game at a very core level in the fact that you're removing um, a competition in terms of you can't get promoted to it. They'll, they'll, they'll pick five teams on merit, but they haven't really described what That's that is. It's vague, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredibly vague the way they've described it. And saying that you'll pick them by merit, it's like, well, what does that mean? Like if I'm out before, if, if Villa outperform one of these sides and let's, let's, I mean, let's have it right. They're outperforming Arsenal this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, would would they get in? There's there's no guarantees, and it's it's all managed by the founder clubs. Everyone involved is is a chairman at one of these founder clubs who is is guaranteed their spot. It is very much a boys' club at that point. Hundred percent. It, it's all it's yeah, all spot. It's all it about can, protecting what you've got. How can how can two teams in Arsenal and in Spurs, and I don't include Man City because they might win it. How can two teams who've not won the European Cup be considered in an unquestionable European elite? That's it. I mean, the, the big thing is, I mean, everyone looks at Spurs. They haven't won a trophy in God knows how many years. Yeah. I mean, you look, when, when was, I mean, they're getting in on the basis of, I mean, well, they had Jose Mourinho in charge. He does, he's not there anymore. Yeah. And, and they've got a brand new ground. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, yes, they're, they've, they've been in European finals, but they lost it. Yeah. Um, they've got elite players, but they look like they're going to be on their way. Yeah. There's, there's but, no true merit behind their absolutely. inclusion in it. I think and, Dean Smith nailed this, Luke, um, in his yeah. press conference today. He said, what are they judging this big six on? Is it history? Is it the size of the club? Is it how many trophies they've won? Or is it turnover? And he moved on mm. very quickly, almost not wanting to get himself in hot water, but he nailed it. That's exactly yeah. what it is. I think we all know that it's, it's all about finances. And you look at the financial situation some of these clubs are, are involved in. 
I mean, Ch Chelsea and, and Man City are in very different boats to, to many other clubs. But you look in Spain, Barcelona and Real Madrid, the finances, if you delve deep into those, they are an absolute mess. And it's it's clear that, he's, I mean, Perez is talking about saving football and saving football in air quotes because... <laughs> yeah. He's saving his own skin. That's all he's doing. And it's, it's yeah. blatantly obvious. I mean, he's trying to blow smoke around this and you can see straight through it. It's absolutely horrendous. It attacks the game, like I said, at a core level in terms of competition. It's not a sport anymore. I think Guardiola nailed that in his, in his pre-match press conference ahead of the Villa game this week. Um, he said it's not a sport and it's not. It's It turns into... You know, almost, almost like... And I, I don't mean to kind of talk down anything like this, but something like wrestling where... The result isn't in question. It's already kind of decided. And it's I'm not saying that these games results are decided and there will be a winner. But what say you lose four or five games on the bounce in that list. I mean, let's be honest. If you're Arsenal, you lose the first five games. What are you playing for? Yeah. I mean, uh, other than the occasion of playing Juventus, AC Milan. What are you playing for? You're not going to win it. Off in two seasons, surely. If you've played them home and away twice, then what, you know, there is yeah. no occasion anymore. I mean, if Arsenal play play two seasons and they are regularly winning maybe one or two of them, of one, two games a season, the fans, I mean, the fans are, every fan I've spoken to or heard from absolutely detests the idea regardless. But but the fans won't turn up. No one will want to watch it. It's it's it is gonna be it's gonna be a boys' club if it if it happens. Personally, I, I I've always thought that whenever the teams do this, they are just essentially kind of posturing, gesturing to try and get themselves a bit more power when it comes to the Champions League. And it's interesting to see now that the Champions League are, are trying to get more investment. And there's there's yeah. been talks of, of them yeah. getting money from, from an English investment firm toward the Champions League. You do wonder whether it is just a bit of a power play, but this is the most serious one we've seen from them clubs. Yeah. And, and it is worrying because... Uh, going back to your original question, covering the Premier League, the Premier League, there's always talk about let's get rid of these clubs, let's really punish them. And I'm all for that. I, I do think these clubs need punishing, particularly ownership level. I don't think the players or the managers are any kind of fault here. And I understand when managers kind of come out and say, look, it's, this isn't our decision. But there needs to be some sort of punishment. But in the same respect, if the Premier League kick these teams out, that's going to have a massive effect on, on things like TV revenue, which then affects, you know, Places like the Championship League, One League Two, where this money does trickle down, it's just it's just going to mean less money for everyone. It's a it's a very it's a very similar what Luke just touched, Luke's touched on two really good points actually that I, that I wanted to just bring up. The, I'll touch on the latter one in terms of the the Premier League without without the big six, if you like. It yeah, I does think have an impact. Can sort of take ourselves seriously saying that, can we? Exactly, mm. you know, yeah. But you know, the pre, okay, the Premier League without the six teams involved. Yeah it does have a huge impact across the board. And that is where they're sort of leverage sort of bartering card, if you like, they're trying to say, that without us, we know you're not going to be the same. But by us sort of going to this league and having this fantastic finance, is it three and a half billion each to get just for joining it, I think is the figure that's being quoted around. I think it's like oh, 350 million, isn't it? Oh, million, like a... sorry. I thought I, I must have misread that. But either way, it's huge, vast sums of money. I think, um, it, might be, I think it might have been billion, three billion. I, I, I think that's speaks... the total, which is then narrowed down between all the right, clubs. Yeah, oh, okay. Between... okay. I know they've I think... committed to, to giving 10 billion to other clubs for over a period of 10 years. Yeah. And, and that's their kind of where the angle they're coming at in terms of like, you know, for the greater good of the game, you know, this is going to gonna sort of like have an influx of extra money that is going to filter down throughout the leagues. So 
in terms of that, those big six teams going away from the Premier League, it does have massive impact on the way the Premier League is formatted in terms of who then becomes interested, what happens to the TV rights of, say, you know, the being sports of your world to have signed long-term sort of huge multi-billion pound deals over the next couple of years. Does that break their contract then because those teams aren't involved? You know, all this sort of the, 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 the TV rights companies from around the world, you know, Saudi Arabia, um, I'm sure there's huge American companies that have, that have got the NBC. I'm sure NBC have got a huge contract yeah, with yeah, the Premier yeah. League as well. You know, what happens with them if they remove themselves or the Premier League kick those teams out? Does that suddenly break their contracts with those TV companies? Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a huge sort of domino effect. And, and we, I don't think we've even scratched the surface, really. With, and, with, and we won't. With, we just and we won't. Can we? And I, so I, I didn't even mean us within this part. Yeah. I sort of meant just oh, generally yeah, yeah, as, yeah. A, as a football world. We, we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. But going back to what Luke said about the um, the, the Spurs situation when he, when he spoke about um, you know how did that, how have they merited getting in, you know, it's because they've got a brand new stadium. When mm. you talk about Spurs' stadium, and you've have you been? I assume Luke, you've been to Spurs. Have you been to Spurs' new stadium? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the fun- best it, ground it, I've ever been to. Yeah, but that is purely modelled on the kind of the American sort of NFL mm. franchise, sort of the, the way that they see sport as such. And it's yeah. almost like this has been prepped, ready. You know, maybe Spurs would have known that they were going to go into this. So this hasn't been this hasn't been being cooked up in the last twelve months during a pandemic because they need more money. This has been cooked up for years and years and years. And you look at Spurs Stadium; it is a phenomenal stadium, but that is completely geared and marketed towards this new sort of ESL franchise model of football. Mm. Um, and I think it's I think it's been a long time in the making, really. Um, Hence why Spurs have got all the NFL games there as well. You know, majority of the teams that are involved, the, the, the main two players that in this, from reading what I've read today on Twitter and various sources, Liverpool and Man United, obviously we're both American-owned. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's obviously, this has obviously been brewing for a long, long time. And I, I just think there's so much more to come out of the next couple of weeks, depending on the stance that these teams make. Mm. Um, and obviously whatever come out I mean obviously I know the Premier League released a statement this afternoon about the the, the 14 team meeting at the hard saying that you know they, the DECA condemn it they're all in the same boat but they haven't really released anything else apart in terms of what they're thinking what they've proposed what they want to no, do I think, I think where do the Premier League go with this yeah every club has condemned it on social media yeah pretty, uh-huh. pretty much every club um, but yeah I, as you say JB what, what next either we go down this path of a Super League or radical change needs to happen to prevent that from happening, so and it does. And another conversation they had, and what what Luke's thoughts are on this is, is is if if I mean I don't know where we go from this, but if the if these clubs do back down, and you know some of the the back down and the Premier League sort of back off a little bit, and and, and we're sort of as we were, if you like, and they accept the, the Champions League new proposal with the extra income from the English investment firms, etc. Where what do the Premier League do with those with those six clubs? Do they just go, oh, brilliant, you're back, great? Do That's do a, do do, do they question. then deduct them 25, 30, whatever it is, and actually make them miss out on Europe for next season? Mm. Yeah, where do we... It's a minefield. I don't know where you're, you're at with that, Luke. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is because, you know, I do think these clubs need punishing because you need to nip this in the bud. And, but at the same time, you've kind of got to pander to them because they are such such powerful parts of, of, of the Premier League. Mm. I, I For me, I would like to see them punished. I would like to see them excluded... From, from European competition, but does that then drive them further towards, you know, a breakaway league? I mean, there, there are so many questions, there's so many issues. And 
it's hard to really nail down an answer how to how to fix it because this is something clubs have talked about before and we've seen this we've seen them gesturing towards this and I think the pandemic has obviously accelerated it because you know teams are, are struggling financially and it's not just these teams it's every team there, there are yeah. very few teams in the Premier League I, th- I think as a fan of Villa it, it's, we're in a very lucky position where our owners are, are, are quite willing to bankroll um, the club whereas other clubs need to need to be a lot more careful with their finances but there are just so many issues around it so many questions it's not something that's going to be you know easily easily fixed no and there's just to bring it back to to our clubs um there's one thought i had and this is i mean this is something you've covered at, at length luke over the last uh, months probably stretching back for a year now um yeah. we have an owner who wants to sell an owner mm-hmm. who bought for too much and an owner who can't get the price he wants is he going to get anywhere near the price he wants if he's playing in a league without those six teams no chance well that's it that's the that's the problem because if those teams leave all of a sudden the value of every other team not included in that drops and Absolutely. we've already seen with okay. lie that he's he's he wants to recoup as much money as he's gonna if they get relegated then obviously that's gonna it's gonna be hard you know to, to get even anywhere near yeah. that and then if yeah. you're playing in essentially what would be then the third division down you'd have the premier league the super league and then the championship yeah all of a sudden how much is the club worth then it's nowhere near what he paid for it that's that's the issues you're gonna have to deal with yeah, absolutely. And all of these clubs who, well, you, your Villas, your Wolves as well. Um, obviously, we we sort of briefly mentioned that they'd be big, bigger clubs all of a sudden. In the short term, I think they'd take massive, massive financial hits, enough to maybe turn Fosun off investing in Wolves for a little while. Uh, if there's no Europe at the end of it, then what's the point kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It is such an uncertain situation. Well, there are questions of what happens to the Champions League as well, because if, of course, if you have the European Super League, but then the Champions League remains, then you've got Wolves and Villa who would, would probably be playing in Europe by the their next positions this years. season. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they would would they then get a cash injection from that? But then you've got question marks over, you know, the broadcasting rights for the Champions League because you've not got the, the Barcelonas and Reals playing there. Yeah. There's so many things. It's, there's so many like spinning plates that are just, you just don't know where they're going to go at the moment. And ultimately, I've, I've just sort of like just sort of analysed the last sort of 10, 15 minutes worth of conversation in terms of we've talking different avenues about loads of different sort of scenarios. And it all links back to one thing, money. Mm. Every single, it's money yeah. every single time. You know, we, we're just talking then about like, you know, when, you know, potential Wolves Villa could be in, in you know, European regular sex, but would there be money? Because obviously the Champions League is then not as attractive as it was. You know, they've mm. got these huge deals from these multi-billion pound corporation around the world that want to see Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, etc. playing in it. Do they want to see West Ham versus, uh, you know... Granada. Yeah, yeah, Granada or whoever, you know. Yeah. And, I'd and, love and, to and, see that, to be fair. <laughs> as, as true football fans, that would be a fantastic thing to see. <laughs> but, but to these multi-billion pound corporations that are there as business models, you know, that's not what they want to see. And suddenly the Champions League it doesn't have the same attraction to, you know, its investors. And yet it, it's a, it's a massive, massive minefield. And, and, and I think literally what we've seen over the last four J towers is, is just the tip of the iceberg and, and the start of, of, of potentially a, a defining and sort of history making couple of weeks, really, because um, I think there's a, a hell of a lot more to come. Um, I, th- I think the way the, P- the Premier League have kind of, 
I think the way that the, the FA, the PL, sort of the, the organisations around this have kind of, they've made the statement, they've made the views well known, but they've kind of kept the council, if you like, they haven't really sort of put out what they really feel. They've kind of, you know, there must be obviously consulting with lawyers and thinking what they can and can't say, but something's going to go off at some point very, very soon, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's just, just it, it's crazy times. Yeah, crazy times. It. It's, it's all talk and no action right now. We're, we're kind of yes. waiting for that action to happen. Uh, and and that's the big issue with this thing because these big clubs will say, look, we're, we're bringing more money to the game, but you're taking it away from the clubs that probably need it most. And you, yeah. you need to just look at that impact at the likes of Villa, at the likes of Wolves, at the likes of West Brom and other clubs. If the money for Champions League is no longer attractive enough, will, will Villa's owners, will Wolves owners say, well, why should we bank, why, why should we bankroll these clubs? Why should we you know, splash out money on transfer fees left, right and centre if if we're not going to, you know, get get that monetary bonus and that, that, that it's recognition. Gra- it's, it's, it's the Holy Grail, isn't it, Luke? It's the Holy Grail, you know. That's it. It's the Holy Grail, you know. Fosun came into Wolves, you know, and Jeff Chiaucher, you know, they, they made it clear, you know, we want to be in the Champions League, compete in Europe, you know, w- within an X amount of time scale. You know, this is what we want. We want to create these glories. I'm sure Aston Villa's owners have said very similarly, maybe in different he, words, he, you know. that's said it today. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely, you know, but if that Champions League is an almost, I don't like, you know, a watered down version or, you know, it doesn't hold that same prestige or what have you, because, the, the, you know, the big clubs, the, the, the Champions League clubs, you know, when you hear that Champions League anthem, you do think of your AC Milan's, your Barcelona's, mm-hmm. your Real Madrid, your Man United, you do, you, you, that, that, that is intrinsic with how, with how we feel. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how, how like, particularly Fosun as, as, as an investment company, feel you know i'll be honest i don't know a huge amount about aston villa's owners I, mm. i'm not not sure but you know it's it's yeah it's it, it's opened up a lot of, a big kind of worm shall we say yeah the one thing i will say about it and there has been a lot of doom and gloom around and and the one thing i will say in terms of the, the reason why i could see it not working is we've already seen the big german clubs say no we've already seen dortmund yeah. say no psg slightly different because if i'm right in saying this i believe that the owner of psg has got a big investment of being sports who just spent a fortune on on champions league rights i've i've read that somewhere yeah psg You've not got bayern munich to, yeah. uh, the likes the likes as well like teams like ajax are just being forgotten here i know ajax were massively successful oh, they've got nice. a huge history and they're not even being talked about a part of this Super League. Let's let's not forget, you know, there are plenty of other clubs. I mean, Napoli, for example, they're a team who I think will be wondering why they've not got an invite. Leicester City, I think. Uh, have. Yeah. Exactly. Leicester City have got a perfectly legitimate reason to say, well, why haven't we been invited here? I mean, we've won a Premier League. Apparently, I mean, Porto, Porto and Benfica both got offers. They declined. Mm. But it shocks me. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying put Porto and Benfica in their own right are, are big clubs, but you know, for me, when you're talking about a European Super League, you know, I would take Ajax over the pair of them any day yeah. of the week. Well, exactly. You know, the weird thing there is obviously those two have been invited for their European record. They both won European Cups. Um, and you would think the same with Ajax. So what on earth are Spurs and Arsenal doing in this league? <laughs> exactly. How has this happened? Uh, uh, but it's, oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. But you would the one thing I would say is there are enough big teams not included now for there to be serious question marks over this league's legitimacy. And when you're seeing reports of one or potentially two Premier League clubs now thinking, one minute, we weren't, we didn't buy into this. And, and by all accounts, it seems like the two teams who were 
the least kind of driven toward it in the Premier League were Chelsea and Manchester City. And now you see Pep Guardiola coming out with strong comments in press conferences. You'd like to think it's potentially those two teams who are, who are maybe saying, one minute, maybe we should backtrack here. And if you see one more team drop out, all of a sudden those teams in the Super League will be looking around at each other. I think the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United in particular, where their fan bases, I mean, those are two fan bases that detest each other. And right now they're arm in arm against this. Yeah. And there are, t- there are clubs of, I mean, West Brom, Villa, Wolves, Birmingham City, you know, obviously they're slightly lower level than those, those three Midlands clubs. Fans don't particularly get on, but there's a line drawn where, you know, whether it's something like it was mentioned previously, stuff like food banks where fans come together. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that has brought, it's bizarre because in a world which is so divisive right now, this, this is one thing that's brought every football fan together in, in the fact that there's pure hatred for this idea. And I think that is the one thing which could stop this happening because money talks, but I tell you what, if fans aren't going to games, and you've got a Premier League, which is still filling filling stadia, and then you've got this Super League, which isn't. I tell you what, I think it'll be very. You'll be seeing very quickly that broadcasters just won't be willing to pay the money purely for a big name, particularly if players don't buy in. You've seen the likes of Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandez say, yeah. "We're not keen on this." Um, no, they've not come out in that black and white way, for example, but they've said things where they clearly don't like the idea. If players say, "I don't want, I don't want part of this." You can have a big draw from the big team, but I tell you what, it's the big players that make them big teams special to watch. And if you've got second-rate players playing for big teams, I, I can guarantee you where the people will watch and that'll be where the big players are. Absolutely, Luke. And we were having a chat off-air just before we started about uh, the NBA and we were talking mm. about uh, the Bulls and we were talking about Golden State Warriors. When I say Chicago Bulls, everyone thinks Michael Jordan. When I say Golden State Warriors, everybody thinks Steph Curry. Nobody mm. will think of any owner in 20 years' time. Nobody will come back on this and praise the owners for what they've done. And just as you say there, the players are key. And if the players don't want to play, they won't. It won't happen. If, if these players can't play for their country, if they choose to play in this tournament, I think you'll just see an unbelievable uh, sort of two, three years of just an exodus from all these big clubs. As soon as their contracts are done, these players will want out. Yeah, I can see players potentially looking at contracts and I can see this getting really messy because they'll have signed these contracts. This this tournament wasn't even going when they signed these contracts. Is that, is that, will there be grounds there for them to say, well, this is, I never signed up to play in this tournament. I never signed Mm -hmm. up to play in this league. I, I I don't want any part of this, particularly if you're, say you're Harry Kane, for example, the dream for him is, is, it's to win a World Cup, is to win the European Championships. Obviously, he wants to play in Europe and he wants to win domestic trophies. But I feel like the pinnacle for every player is is that level, the World Cup and European Championships. If you can't play in that, I mean, <laughs> are you going to want out, aren't you? Absolutely. Well, boys, we have gone round and round in circles on this. And I feel like we could go round on this until kickoff in the Albion Villa game at the weekend. <laughs> we really should preview the Albion Villa game. Um, now, it's a very weird time to be previewing it, uh, but the fixtures have been put out catastrophically, I have to say. The Super League has taken away from the fact that this whole 10-day period of fixtures has been an absolute shambles, but it's a strange season. You make allowances. So, Villa actually play again before Albion play Villa, and Albion actually play again before Albion play Villa. However, it is this weekend, and 
I don't think the Premier League take content creators into account when they are planning their fixtures. Who knew? But Luke, how do you see this one going? Um, it's a very unusual one because you look at it on paper. It's one team who have had a great season, one team who've had a terrible season, but it's not quite that black and white. What do you make of it, Luke? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And it's very different to the to the game Willow Sinner the Hawthorns, I think, where you know yeah. Albion were really struggling at that point and Villa were riding a crest of a wave and it was it the result was very predictable. This one is complete opposite of that because you've got Villa who were a little bit out of sorts, they've not got their best players. I mean, they had a good second half against Liverpool. Obviously, we'll see how they do against City. Um and then you've got Albion who are on the crest of a wave. Let's be honest, in terms of you know performances Absolutely, on the pitch. Yeah. Two fantastic performances in a row. They're actually fighting for something. There's question marks over whether Villa uh, are really fighting for something now. And it's, it's the same question you've got at Wolves, I think, when you play Wolves. Because sure. both, with both teams now, they seem to be in a position where, well, I mean, we don't know if they can play for Europe yet. I mean, with all that's going on. But yeah, we don't, really, judging right now, they're not, they don't look like they're going to be challenging for Europe. And will players then maybe switch off a little bit? More importantly, Albion players, They've got that confidence. They're playing for something in terms of Premier League survival. And obviously, they're, they're, they're confident and they're, they're free-flowing right now and Allardyce has really got them playing. So it's going to be a really interesting game. I wouldn't want to call it right now. No, me neither. I wouldn't want to call it either. But we are going to make a prediction, Luke, because <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> everybody wants to hear. Um, so we are going to make our predictions later in the podcast as we come back and loop round again at the end. But Luke, you aren't with us for the whole podcast. So I would like you to put your neck on the line and give us a, a score prediction here for Albion against Villa. Oh, I'm going to have to sit on the fence, mate. I'm going to have to go for a one-all, I think. Uh, genuinely, it could go. It wouldn't surprise me regardless of the result. It's one of those games, and I do feel like I'm kind of cheaping out here. Um, if I had to pick a scoreline, it would be one-all. Okay. But it wouldn't shock me if Albion went and beat Villa. Um, and obviously, that would that would hurt me uh, at an emotional level. But it, in terms of covering the club, I always enjoy covering wins, so it's a, it's a very tricky position for me. If I'm going for anything now, though, give me one all. Yeah, and I suppose if we do, yeah. it keeps that dream alive a little bit and, mm. and so on. And then maybe Definitely. I'll be covering Premier League football next season. Maybe I'll actually get to enjoy some go. of the grounds. There you go. Maybe you might be covering the 14 teams in the Premier League next season. <laughs> um, so, Luke, you did um, put an excellent piece on the Express and Star about this, and I've heard you talk about it on the podcast. Um the big question surrounding West Brom at the moment is, can we actually stay up? Have we got a chance? Now, when you spoke last week on your own podcast and when you put your piece out, Newcastle hadn't beaten West Ham. And that is a massive, massive body blow for Albion's hopes, as was Newcastle winning last week. But I think we've just got to get used to the fact we might have to catch someone else if we're going to stay up. Luke, what do you think? As, as someone with, um, with a very unique view on West Brom's season, um, someone who supports a rival, but obviously cares about West Brom's results. Mm -hmm. um, where do you stand on this? Can we stay up? What do you think? Yeah, I actually wrote that story and then predicted that Newcastle would win, or wouldn't win until the last two games of the season and straight away, obviously, they went and won, um, <laughs> which shows my journalistic capabilities very, very uh, strongly. Um, there's still a chance for Albion. I mean, it's, it's one of those clubs where I feel like, I mean, I covered the previous relegation where they just do not throw in the towel. They always kind of finish with a flourish if they can. And, and whether that results in staying up, 
or not. I mean, we saw it with the Great Escape originally that you know obviously they they pulled a rabbit out of the hat there. I mean, they didn't the second time under Darren Moore, but there were some magical moments. And you do think at this side they just don't they don't hand in the towel that easily. Yeah, Newcastle have obviously thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. I, I don't think many people would have predicted them beating West Ham, but the way that kind of conspired with the with the goal and the sending off at the same time, and then despite getting pegged back, you know, managed to, to come up with a winner that obviously boosts them. But Albion are riding this wave at the moment. They are a confident side. They're obviously we'll see we'll see how they get on um, against Leicester before the before the Villa game. But yeah. you know, if if they can if they can get another win. That's three wins on the bounce, and all of a sudden you are absolutely rolling. And then, you know, you've got teams like like Villa and like Wolves, where we've said previously, you know, they've, what are they really playing for at this point? And Albion will, will be hoping that they can continue to show the same form, hoping that injuries stay away because some of the players they've brought in over over January have really helped them. If they were to lose one of those players, it would be a real, real blow to them, especially someone like okay Kuslu. I think he's been absolutely fantastic absolutely, yeah. in midfield. I think there's still a chance, whether it's Newcastle or whether it's another side, though, because I think Burnley aren't out of the woods yet. Brighton, for me, have always they've almost always kind of been in a false position. They play such good football and and they seem to create so many chances. Just don't st- stick the ball in the net, net, and it's 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 one which has hurt them all season. But both of those sides, I feel like maybe they've lifted the foot off the gas a little bit. They've seen the bottom three and said, "Yeah, this is done and dusted." When yeah. when in reality, it isn't. I mean, I think. Albion probably have the best chance of those bottom three. Well, they certainly have the best chance of the bomb, the, the, the two other than Sheffield United, who are, who are obviously down now. But Fulham, they they had a great opportunity and they kind of bottled it. I mean, the result against Villa would have been absolutely devastating. They were leading 1-0 with, what, 15 minutes to go and then lost that game 3-1. Um, against Wolves, they lost last minute. I mean, those are just massive blows for them. And those are the, those are the games that relegate sides not only where you're not getting in points, but you're also losing massive batches of confidence at the same time. But that's one thing Albion have right now. So if they can pick up results, and the one thing I would say about Newcastle, their running is still horrendous. I mean, those yeah. last two games could be massive, Sheffield United, Fulham. But Albion aren't out of the race yet. If they can get results, I mean, say they beat Leicester and then you know, you've got Villa and Wolves. If, if, if you win those games, and I know it's a lot to say for a team that hasn't won many yeah. games this season, yeah. you know, that's three more wins. That's nine points on the board. All of a sudden, there's everything to play for. And I'm not going to lie to you, those sides who are just above that bottom three, if it comes to anything where there's pressure on games, serious pressure, you do wonder whether they'll they'll, they'll hold up to it. Absolutely. I think I think it it all does depend on, on Albion's form over the next few games. And I said something last week, um, and it was it was a reference back to the the Darren Moore relegation. And you, I think you probably remember, Luke, we had something like um, eight or nine results go our way of the mm. 12 or 13 that we needed. And you, you got this feeling that nothing was going to prevent Albion from doing their part. They were yeah. going to beat Spurs. They were going to get points against Liverpool. They were going to beat uh, Man United and we beat Newcastle in that running as well. And it was the other teams who eventually relegated us. It, that draw, uh, Swansea and Southampton, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just left ourselves too much to do. And I feel like that might be the case again this time. I don't yeah. think 
our form from now to the end of the season will be relegation form. I don't think anyone would think it is going to be relegation form. I think everyone is expecting Albion to put together a, a you know a little run of games here, um, and I think we will we will post a serious number. I'm talking 30, 36, 37 points, but mm. you might just have to be a little bit north of that to guarantee safety. Yeah, I think it's going to take 38, 39. Um, and, and, you know, midway through this season, that wouldn't have been the case. I think everyone was kind of saying this could be a record low um, yeah. to, to stay up, but it doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Now teams have started picking up results and it, it's a tough one because you, you look at that side and they're finally firing under Sam Allardyce and they finally seem to have this base. If they'd have... It's it sounds so bad because Bilic obviously got them up, but you do think if if Sam Allardyce was in charge for the whole season, they wouldn't they wouldn't be in with a sniffer going down. And but on the other hand, if they didn't sack Bilic, where might we be now? I mm. mean, pe- people forget we were two points adrift when when Sam Allardyce took over, and you know, referencing back to that Villa game you spoke about earlier, Luke, the the three nil. That was the start of a very, very slippery slope until the Black Country derby. Um, And, you know, a quarter of the season was gone there with um, some very, very lacklustre performances. Uh, So who knows? Billets might have had us out of the relegation zone by now. Billets might have had us relegated like Sheffield United by now. Um, I I feel a a lot of it does come down to the recruitment. And as you you, um, alluded to there... Okay, Yukushlu, essentially, as good as Maitland Niles has been, I feel like you could swap Maitland Niles or Conor Gallagher. Yeah. Um, and Mbaidianya has made a real difference, but we know he's not been as clinical as he, as he would want to be. The main man really is okay, Yukushlu. He's made all mm. the difference. And you said that if he were to get injured, we'd be in big trouble. And I agree massively. Yeah. There's a player at Villa, though, who has been injured recently, and that has made a massive, massive difference. Um I don't want to use the term one-man team because I think it's ridiculous. They've got some fantastic players. They've got two or three players in the England squad. Villa are a very good side, but they are not the same side without Jack Grealish. Uh, No, not at all. And it's it's a tough one because he's been so, so influential and he's obviously done fantastically this year, getting himself into England recognition. I think fans now uh, of England... I think they would they wouldn't be very happy with Gareth Southgate, um, to put it lightly, if he wasn't included in the Euro squad, given yeah, that he's I, fit. I think he's nailed on, yeah. Yeah. I mean he's second I mean he's created the second highest number of chances in, in the Premier League, second only to Bruno Fernandez. And and Bruno Fernandez has, has played what, eight, nine games more than him. Yeah. I mean, it's it's his influence for Villa cannot be understated, and it's no surprise to see them struggling for consistency without him because if you take that kind of player and and this is something we mentioned off off air with with JB from a team and you can relate that to Wolves very well this season it just it the the, the cogs don't turn as neatly and 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 you just it's just jarring for every other player and you can tell with Villa that it's a confidence thing as well because it's almost like there are some performances where they're dying to be able to just find that outboard to Grealish and just let him carry the ball 30, 40 yards, win a foul. This And they're just taking that away. And, and with Wolves, for example, you've seen it with Raul Jimenez. I mean, he was such a massive miss. And obviously, you know, you wish he gets back to the player he, he was after such a horrendous injury. But then Pedro Neto and Johnny as well. They've had other injury problems. 
it shows just how influential a single player can be. And you're right, Villa aren't a one-man team, nor and, and Wolves aren't a one-man team with, with Jimenez. He's not the only man who, who who puts the ball in the back of the net. And, and Grealish isn't the only man who creates chances. But when they do it at such a level, it's so hard to fill those boots. And, and that's the problem that Villa have got. I mean, he's such an influential player. But it's a... I mean, Dean Smith has said that it's not a long-term injury. I don't know how you... You, when you draw the line from a long-term injury to one which isn't when he's missed so many games. Well, we're not expecting him to play. Well, he's not playing against Man City and we're not expecting him to play against Albion either, are we? Mm. No, that's the thing. And I think I think Smith is kind of careful with how he, he words stuff around Grealish because just before Grealish picked up his injury, you saw teams playing two right-backs. You, you, I mean, West Ham, for example... They had, they had Sue Fowl at right back and then Fredericks at right wing, essentially to double up on Jack Grealish. And uh-huh. Smith has been, I think he's been careful in saying, well, we'll, we'll, be, we'll lift an R over it so teams can't really plan for him. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it's frustrated a lot of Villa fans because originally it was meant to be a couple of weeks and now it's turned into a couple of months and we still don't know when he's going to be back. Yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. Um Right, Luke, thank you so much for your time, that insight um, and all of your input on topics from the European Super League to Jack Grealish's injury to a one-all prediction have been very, very valued. Um, listeners will know our predictions when this goes out later. Um, but Luke, thank you once again for joining us on the Black Country Ramble this week. Thanks, Not buddy. a problem. Not a problem. Happy to join you guys. Thanks so much for, for inviting me on. Thanks, Thanks Luke. I hope you really enjoyed that chat to Luke Hatfield there of the Express and Star. We really, really enjoyed that, didn't we, JD? Yeah, it's fantastic. Thanks ever so much to Luke for his time. It was a real good insight. And yeah, top man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, fantastic. And all the things which we mentioned there, criticising the ESL uh, and the problems with it. And maybe if it didn't go ahead, teams needed to be punished. Well, that's all still valid. So I think if we pick the conversation up there, boys. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of where do we go from here? And why has this happened? So if we first look at why the teams have pulled out, have pulled out, and it's looking as if the whole thing is yeah. going to be disbanded. So we, we just work along that hypothesis. But the yeah. first ones to publicly step away were Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. and then Man City. Yeah. What do they both have in common? <clears throat> They're both yeah. still in the Champions League. Yeah. And I think basically they've shit it. Yeah. They've shit it because it's because it's been threatened. Absolutely. And a point that Luke made off air actually was those two teams don't need the money. No, no, absolutely. neither of those two teams need yeah, yeah, that absolutely. money from the Super League. It's it, yeah, it's yeah. it's really interesting. It's it's. I think if we would have asked this question before we knew this had gone on and said who do you think if it is going to fall apart, who are the two that are going to pull out? I think the general consensus would have been. Chelsea and City sort of thing. Yeah, yes, yes and no. I, I would have said the last two to pull out would have been Real and Barca because they're in such financial turmoil. But I would have said Liverpool. But I think that shows that they weren't first to do it. Shows how disconnected with the City and the fans those owners yeah. are. It, that was so contrary to what Liverpool as a place is about. And it's just, it's disgraceful. It's yeah. disgraceful. Absolutely. And, and, and what it does now is it puts... It puts the heat on the Premier League now. Massively. The heat is on the PL yeah. now. 100%. It, it, it was on them anyway, in essence. You know, as we touched yeah. on with Luke, you know, they did the, this sort of nice statement that the 14 teams met, they all sort of um, unanimously together, uh, disagree with the idea. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Henderson met all and the Henderson and all that. And yeah. It's on the PL now. Yeah. What mm-hmm. what have they got in their locker? What, what, what have they... What, what, 
what minerals have they got? Yeah, it's not it, it, UEFA as well. Yeah, the FIFA. Every, yeah. every governing body of every single country have now got a decision to make, and that decision for me anyway, it's quite easy. Yeah, you you get them back in the league and you push them to mm-hmm. to the the maximum you can possibly do. Because um, all's going to happen, West Brom might stay up after all. <laughs> tell you what, all's going to happen. They come back in five years later down the line. You know, they go do it again, and you know, I think. Have, have they all pulled out now because they don't believe in this model and they want it tweaked a little bit and they're going to do it again in, in a different yeah, model? Yeah, yeah. You know, they've, they've had the backlash and, they've, you know, they've had all the points raised by pundits, by yeah. um, different club owners, everyone around the, in, the, in the world. Are they now just going to go away, tweak that model a little bit and then think, right, we'll, we'll bring it back in? Yeah. Really I think knows, you're dead right, no, I think I think that's exactly what it is because this isn't the first time that this has reared its head. It's the furthest down the line, if you like. It's got you know financial yeah, backing yeah, from yeah. JP Morgan and, and the like. But I, I do think that unless the punishment is serious, I'm talking the, the punishment points deductions, the, fines. The punishment has got to mirror the intent. Yeah. And the yeah. intent to do what they were going to do was significant, was yeah. serious, yeah. was top right. end. Yeah. And the punishment has got to match that. The punishment has got to match the crime, if, yeah. if, if, you, if you like. And, and it's no good a slap on the wrist of a strongly worded statement and, and we're disappointed, but and all, that ain't going to cut, cut it. It's not going to cut it. And, and pundits like Gary Neville and Jeremy Carrickers that came out and they were raw, emotional on the day and he was like, slap them with this. He's yeah. got to, it, these guys have got to keep it up as well. You know, the, yeah. the, the PL have got to show some minerals with this. Can I ask you something, though? Will they punish them? I think they will. You think they will? Yeah, I, I 100% think they will. Yeah. I think they will, but I don't think it's going to be what people want. If a point is deducted, I will be gobsmacked. Mm. And that's wrong. That is just wrong. When yeah. you think about the things yeah. that people have had points deducted for in the past, this is indescribably worse. Than what are you going to do? Okay, you find them, find them 25 mil. Mm. That's, just, that's the thing I've just made right. No, transfer embargoes might be more of a realistic <sighs> but then Barcelona were under one for X amount of years and they were and still, still, like, still, still like, and there were ways around Chelsea, Chelsea were under Chelsea. one they, they wiggled the way out yeah, of it you know, you know they, these top clubs have got lawyers on lawyers on lawyers on lawyers yeah. and they will find they're paid to find yeah. loopholes so, so if the Premier League go right we're absolutely supposed to be going to find each of these clubs 20, 50 million whatever figure you want to throw at it all they're going to do is go and get some kind of corporate sponsorship deal that kind of far out. Well, these yeah. are huge clubs, you yeah, know. We we, yeah, yeah. we 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 fingers in different pies, you know. Look at what look at what they've been able to um, structure this project, you know, funded by J.P. Morgan, by God knows who else, with the money they're talking about, billions and billions of pounds. All, the fines is good is not even going to touch them. It'll be spread over X amount of years. You know, all that, it'll, it, I mean, I know a financial fair place will be wound down a little bit and being tweaked, which is not that big a deal now, but you've got to take them where it hurts. And that to me is deduct them 15, 20 points, whatever it is, yeah. en- enough to make them miss out on Europe next year. That, yeah, that's what that's it for me. Do we that, deduct them now or do we deduct them next season? Immediately. Yeah. I think immediately, and then we've got a hell of a title race on our hands. If we're talking 15 points. Well, they, they wanted to start a European yeah, Super League yeah, in yeah. August. Yeah. How dare they think they can go into the Champions League next year and the Europa League? Well, yeah, they have no intention of they playing no in it. Yeah. Playing here. You can't deduct it next year because they'll still be in it next year and they'll have the, 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 the glory and the glamour of being involved. It hit them straight away. 
Yeah. You know, I, don't, I, I, I haven't got the Premier League table in front of me. I don't know how many points it would take to to, to deduct, well, to, to, to knock them back into me. I, I don't know how you would yeah. work it out. So it, but, if, but this is a big if. I think Arsenal won't go down if you deduct it. Yeah, the, <laughs> the if the points deduction was 15, Arsenal would find themselves in 17th place. How many points? Sorry, I missed that. Sorry. So Arsenal currently are on 46 points. Yeah. If you deduct 15 off that, they find themselves... In seventeenth place with thirty-one points. I don't know the fifteen is enough. I think I think double it <laughs> until they're all relegated. But, 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 but if you do, if you do fifteen points in Man City, does that drop them to about third? Yeah, probably does something it. like yeah, that. I don't even think. That, does it even drop them to third? One, no, if you take because you're taking points off United as well. City is still top. It's just what I'm trying to say. Like whether the point of how that it, it's it's a mess, isn't it? But, yeah, the, yeah, the, but that you can't be just dishing out a, a massive fine and go and be gone with it. Well, I don't think a transfer embargo. I, I don't, like you, can't, you, can't you can't be doing that. Works. You've got no, to. You've got to hit them where it hurts. Or ban them from. I don't know whether they ban them from Europe. Ban them. I don't know how they do it. I think you are for a FIFA have got to take that stand, haven't they? Absolutely. And, and I, th- I think already the Liga came out and said that they would keep them in. The league, yeah, and still let them play in the Super League. Wow. I think I read that. I don't. I don't know how reputable they. Yeah, are, there's so lots of sources. Yeah. In lots there. of sources yeah. out there. But if that is true, then that just shows that you know. But La Liga is very different. They've got three main. They've got three teams. La, La Liga right? couldn't lose El Clasico. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't no, they couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. you know, England, the top six go. It, if anything, it makes it more competitive. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you've got the team, you know, teams in there that anyone could actually win it. On that, Absolutely. I want to just pick this up, and this is a massive credit, a massive shout out to Naishi, who was a keen listener to the pod. He messaged me um, yesterday, a fantastic thing. So what Naishi did was he did a league table without the top six. So basically, sort of expunged all their results against the rest of the. the, the oh God, the we're we're down in it's January. Up, it's fantastic. It's a great piece of work. So credit to Naishi. West Ham are top yeah. on 49 points, and then second are Leicester on 20 points. Sorry, did I say not 20 points? Sorry, my fans got on 40 points. From second, so from Leicester in second down to, sorry, Wolves in ninth. There's 10 points in it. Yeah. There's 10 yeah. points in it. Yeah. Sheffield United are still bottom on, on 11 <sighs> points. West, West, <laughs> Brom's, West Brom are still 10 points in safety. Yeah. Um, but the, the, obviously West Ham have had a fantastic season and really well. But yeah. that just shows without the top six, you've got ten points separating second to mm-hmm. tenth. If if it, it, I mean it's, it's it shows how competitive absolutely. it is. Absolutely, and that, know, that's a real piece of work. tangible way of showing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even just intangibly, if you were to look at all the teams who aren't the the you know the the so called excuse me the so called big six, I'll just read the teams out. Leicester, West Ham, Everton, Leeds, Villa, Wolves, Palace, Saints, Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United. Who wins that league? Villa. But no, but <laughs> <laughs> who wins that league? Uh, it, that's, what a league that would have been. Based on this season, with no injuries, it would be impossible to call. It'd be Leicester on this season. It'd be Leicester it just because how good they were when they had no injuries. I mean, we're getting we've established this is falling apart, but this is a great hypothetical conversation. Yeah, it'd be difficult. I think, I think, I think Villa with, with Grealish would be up there. 
I believe Wolves with Jimenez, yeah. Neto, Johnny, Bonnie mm-hmm. for the whole season would be right up there. Um, well, Wolves did finish seventh twice. So that, exa- that outlines the point. exactly. And, and and again, it's not an excuse. But when, when okay, we should be better than this, we'd be faded poorly. We know we an excuse of the injury. But you know, when we beat Arsenal on the day that Jimenez did his did his thing, we we, we were six mm-hmm. with two points behind fourth. With the, we, I think we had a game in hand, or we were level, or something like. It was really tight. We were like, you know, we, we were stupidly close to fourth at that point, just before Christmas. So we fell apart. That's our own fault, and what have you. But it would be, it would be all too competitive. Me you and Naish, you've had, I spoke at length over the last couple of days, haven't yeah. we? In terms of, you know, what it would look like without the top six. What I, format? I want to see it. What format? It <laughs> when would, they're in what, League Two for a few what, years, we what, 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 what format it might take? You know, there has been suggestions. You know, if, I mean, obviously the ESL is now folded, but you know, there's suggestions of. Hot, quite hot figures obviously on Twitter were saying let's let's bring Celtic and Rangers in, you know, mm. um, then promote four from the championship, uh, um, that sort of thing. That would then make the Scottish Premier the Scottish Premier League much more competitive as well. So they yeah. would that would make yeah. their that would make their league more competitive without Celtic and Rangers. Um uh, you know uh, and Yell is left Juve and Perez is apparently imminently outgoing from Real Madrid as well. Mm. I think the Perez one is it, it, it had to happen, didn't it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got the most long... egg on his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Wow. Um, oh my goodness! I'm not sure how it all works over in Spain. You'll probably know more than me. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I know there's an election, president's elections. Yeah, you have to like be elected. Like Juan Laporta's just gone back to Barcelona, and yeah. this is the first thing he's done. Mm-hmm. Wow! I mean, he's a, he was a very very popular man. He was he was he assembled the great Barcelona team of the 2000s, Juan Laporta. And I I wonder how much he's done to discredit his reputation in in the first month of his second presidency. The teams that have signed up to it are are now, in my opinion, the discredited. Yeah. They they will be forever tarnished with this moment in history. But there is also also a line. If Fosun signed up to that, you can't blame Wolves. If... If Gauch and Lai signs up, like, you can't blame yes. Albion. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I do, and it's hard, isn't it? Because naturally, like on Twitter, you, you know, you you go for the United fans because yeah, yeah. But it's not their fault. Yeah. It's not the players' fault. It's not like you say. It's not Man United's fault. It's the yeah. owners. But ultimately, the owners own Man United, course, and yeah. you can't just punish the owners. You have to punish the club because ultimately, yeah. they've signed up for they've signed up for it. Um, but as I say, this now—I mean, we're recording this in the middle of middle of a piece of history, really, aren't we? To be honest, yeah. With I mean, you, you know, even even if nobody listens to this, this will be a historical <laughs> artifact. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> years. But for time. me, this is all going to link back. And I, I, again, I touched on it. I'm not sure what the words that, that I said when we spoke to Luke, but I said, I think I think I said on the line, it's going to be a monumental couple of days or weeks coming up. Yeah. And that was before. Yeah. We did, knew yeah. about yeah. Chelsea withdrawing. Yeah. And it's proving right because stuff is happening right this second as we speak live that, that, that yeah. is going to change the course of history in football. Yeah. But for me, it links back to the Premier League now and UEFA and FIFA, etc. of course. What are they going to do about this? 100%. Are they going to back down now and go, 100%. thank God the big boys are back. Thank God our reputation plays. As I touched on me later, you would have missed Oh, you really had us going there, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden there, TV contracts with Sky, being sports... NBC, yeah. they're all now intact. Are they breathing a sigh of relief and thinking we're going to have to sort of like smoke and mirror this a bit? Or are they going to go, no, they've really pissed us off here. We're going yeah. to have to make a mark here. And unfortunately for me, and I hope I'm proven wrong, I hope I can look back on this pod and go, oh, thank God I'm wrong. I, I'm on with you, Kieran. I, I, I don't think that'll hit them where it really hurts. No, I, I think what would hit them where it really hurts 
is internally Premier League, La Liga, yeah, yeah. whatever points deduction, and in Europe but a decent points deduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Enough to relegate Arsenal, so we stay. <laughs> <laughs> that reeks of self interest, but um, but and I think in Europe you have to ban them. Yeah. I don't think there's an alternative. No. The, as you say there, JB, this is this is twelve teams who chose not to play in next season's competition to go money grabbing. And we're quite open about it as well. Yeah, we, it's the format. Yeah, we started, we started August. Yeah. We're ready to go. Yeah, we'll invite five more of you yeah, every yeah, year. Yeah. Come on, guys! Yeah, you don't have passes, to play. Yeah, you don't have to play in the <laughs> Champions League anymore. <laughs> you have the audacity to go and play in the Champions League in Europa League next year. Keep fat chance. Yeah. yeah. I hope there's a fact. Yeah. I hope what we're saying is correct. It just wouldn't make sense for UEFA to say, "Yeah, just forget about all that." And if that happens, Villa are in Europe. Yeah, Wolves are knocking on the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but but what? And again, for the benefit of Kirko, because obviously we recorded with Luke beforehand. What a touched on we uh, have UEFA. Okay, we've touched on the Premier League. I mean, I've got the balls. I've got the yeah. cameras, the minerals to do it. Have UEFA got the minerals? Good to, use to, of three synonyms to, there. Thank you. <laughs> to, to, have they got the Have they got the minerals to say? Do you know what? No, we're not having Madrid, Milan, yeah. United, City. Da, 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 because yeah. what we touched on with the cabinet was all of a sudden the Champions League becomes less attractive. Hmm. Commercial partners, does money, it? Or does just it? For a year? Absolutely. Does it? Does, does it? it add, if your Atalantas and West Ham, yeah, yeah. are all of a sudden does that, playing in the quarterfinal? <laughs> does that give? Does that give actually commercial partners a new angle? Actually, yeah. the exposure of this completely reformed, revamped, the most open Champions League in history the most moral the most moral Champions League it'd just in be history. a PSG buying final yeah in 23 years yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah absolutely it's, um, yeah, it, it, it is as I said it's a can of worms and this is going to 100% unravel progress We're, things are going to happen I think even off, when we come off air tonight we'll probably be at, we'll, we'll yeah. retire back to our houses and, and be messaging each other later going oh my god I can't yeah. believe that's just happened and yeah oh, I wish we were still recording yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think months months to come as well down the line there'll be owners now that were promised this money yeah maybe they've been led down the garden path a little bit by teams that were really pushing it that might think actually this money isn't there now what what do i do do i sell Mm -hmm. up do i are the investors your jp morgans whoever else have have they got watertight contracts and they're all of a sudden they're going, hang mm-hmm. on, you've let us down on a, on, you've let us down on a, on a, on a, that's on a contract. I'm, maybe that's why these chief execs are leaving and these presidents are leaving. They don't be, want the They don't want the backlash. Yeah. Forget, forget from the Premier League, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the ESL, from, from their investors, yeah. from JP Morgans, yeah, yeah, whoever yeah. else would be on the scenes. Yeah, because that, that Perez did come out and say, it's a binding contract. Yeah. They've signed it. It's binding. Yeah. It is what it is. So... Oh, we could chat oh, about no, this no, <laughs> until no. the cows came home. But... Such as football, everything we say is going to be instantly outdated, as we learned earlier in the pod uh, when we recorded pre the death of the ESL. Rest in peace, taken too soon. <laughs> uh, but there is a West Bromwich Albion, Aston Villa derby to talk about at the weekend. How do you feel about me calling it a derby, Kirko? Well, it's more of a derby than Villa Wolves. Oh, yeah. So I'm so, good at it. And it, it, originally, back in the day, West Brom, yeah. Villa, it was a a, a grudge match for Derby game, whatever yeah. you want to call it, it was that, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it, Albion are a lot closer to Villa than they are Wolves, for mm, example. Yeah. But of course, 
um, with county lines and stuff, ours became the Black Country Derby, and obviously you have your noisy neighbours. Yeah, um, not so noisy. That's yeah, not so. No, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they weren't invited to the Super League. <laughs> um, I say as none of our teams were invited <laughs> to the Super League. Um, no, but it, it, it's a really interesting one, um, and we've touched on this earlier in the pod already. It's it's the polar opposite of earlier in the season when Villa really were banging form yeah. and Albion couldn't buy a win. We've just sacked. Uh, one of the most charismatic fan favourite managers we've had in a long, long time. There's no fans there. And it's Sam Allardyce's first game. That was rock bottom for our season. I'll go on record and say that was the start of us going from a team who weren't doing that well to absolute relegation fodder. That that game, up until we won the Black Country Derby, was, was really difficult to watch. We've come a long way and Villa have done okay. Villa have kept plodding along. Villa have, without yeah, Grealish, as yeah, we've spoken earlier, they're yeah. a different prospect, but it is not as cut and dry as that game earlier in the season. Do, do you see this as the table won't lie and it'll be a Villa win? Or can you see something else coming, Kirko? Um, I'd love to be able to sit here and say, yeah, easy win. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, table doesn't lie. We are where we are for a reason. You are where you are for a reason. But, you know, Grealish is a massive player and without him you've seen that we, we can't perform at that level or that sustained level that we have early in the season um, and I'm not sure I don't know with, with you being banging form you know you've actually got something Scott to fight for now fun, yeah. you know I mean you, you know you, you've actually got something there to to, to push forward to and I, I listened to, to last week's pod as well that um, in the comparison to where Villa were last year and to where, where Baggies yeah. are this year yeah. It, it's that it's that something that you know you've got something you've got something to aim for and you know you're dragging those other teams down. I mean Newcastle haven't helped you out at all by going get points, yeah, points yeah, after points. Yeah. Unbelievable. But I think I don't I don't think it's cut and dry. I honestly think that it'll be a tough game for us. Yeah. I'd like I, I you know I think we might edge it purely on the on the quality that we've got. But I can I can see it being a a scrappy game, yeah. one one goal in it, maybe. Yeah, I, I think as good as we've been going forward recently, if and a big if you, most people listen to this won't bother listening until probably Friday morning or whatever Saturday yeah. morning, you'll know the Leicester result. But if we were to take points against Leicester, all of a sudden those two derby games define our season. Well, they're going to define our they're season define it anyway. But if we take points against Leicester, then the dressing room will be saying. Right, we're actually here with the we're at the yeah. running with a genuine chance against two two fixtures you'd have circled in week oh, one of the season. Yeah, in the yeah. running, you've got two yeah, derbies yeah. back to back, and we're actually in with a shout. There'll be pressure back on Albion then. And I think Allardyce will take a scrappy one nil. Mm. I think I think scrappy is probably yeah. the perfect call. Yeah, I, I text I text you, Jamie, yeah. and a few weeks back and I said we could relegate Albion here. Yeah, either one of us could. Yeah, because yeah. if you know, if you didn't go and, and get points, you know, being Chelsea, who, who saw that coming? Uh, I, I did as well. I didn't have a. I'll, I'll call that in a month of Sundays. Never. But I think that's we, we could, we could really Super League out. Chelsea. That is as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, 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 it's we've touched on this many times over the last yeah. couple of weeks, and I've said, and Kirk goes just now that sort of like comparison to Villa last year, and I've used the terminology. There's something in the water, and our things seem to be falling. I still stand by to hear to ask task Fabian yeah, Stoke massive but what they've done these last few weeks is enabled themselves to actually be with that chance yeah, there is a task not, not, not yeah. just not just not just mathematically 
Yeah. Because, you know, until you're back, you know, how have you not been hanging on since November? You know, but they're always going down, yeah. No matter when. They've given themselves a task. The, the results against Southampton, Chelsea, outstanding. The Newcastle result has not knocked them back as such, but kind of just took it to another week, if you like. Yeah. I stand by Newcastle will be very lucky to get anything out of their next four. The West Ham, and I said this on the pod last week, remember, I said out of, out of the next five games, the only game that they're probably really going to get anything Newcastle will be West Ham. And the next four are Liverpool, City, I'm sure it's maybe Arsenal, Chelsea, something along Arsenal, those lines. Liverpool. Arsenal, Liverpool. Yeah. So they're there to be got at, 100%. Absolutely. You, you can't dress it up either way. And I've said it to you before as well. You are playing Wolves and Villa. Wolves without Jimenez, Neto, yeah. Johnny. Neves should be back. Will be back, hopefully. You're playing Villa without Grealish. You're playing Villa team that have kind of sloped off in the form and they're not really fine for anything. I know you sort of... Yeah, but you know, Wolves have been a really sort of mid table, not yeah. really. We're, we're on the beach, right? Yeah, we, we, back, basically. And yeah. we're on the beach with, without between the two teams, four of our best players, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that is so positive for Albion. Albion are in good form, they're playing well, they'll fancy it. The Leicester game on Thursday is obviously yeah. really big as well. We have to take points in that it, game. Yeah, and if you do, that really opens things up. Outside of Newcastle, you know, you've got Brighton and Burnley, who are your next two that you're looking at. Well, as I touched on last week, yeah, we we weren't just chasing, yeah, we were annoyed Newcastle got the win, but yeah. all of a sudden we weren't just chasing down one team, we yes. were chasing down a couple. Yeah, Newcastle got that win again, and all of a sudden we're closer to Brighton and Burnley yeah, than we were yeah. ever close to Newcastle. Absolutely. Newcastle always had that 10 I mean, point gap, and now we've got a nine point gap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as we speak, obviously, Brighton are playing Chelsea. Um, yeah, of course. They've, yeah. I mean, they've only just kicked, kicked off late, I think, because of the protests and this whole ESL thing. So it's, it's only five minutes in, it's, it's nil-nil. Yeah. So, obviously, Burnley at one point, oh, they were going to get to the, the United game, and, and again, they crumbled. At the weekend, If unless I'm, 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 I'm wrong, I think Brighton have got Sheffield United, which you'd obviously expect them to win. Of course. Wolves have got Burnley. Yeah, well, I want to talk about this, naturally. Yeah. That's a massive, massive game yeah. for Albion because, uh-huh. as I said, we weren't just chasing Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Wolves did us a favour against Fulham. Yeah, Villa yeah. did us a favour against Fulham. Uh-huh. We need another favour here, yeah, big yeah. time. If, if we've got a chance of staying up, then we need I, to keep reeling teams in. I, I can't. I, I, I can't see it. I think Burnley will do us. Yeah. I really do, man. Yeah, I do. Me too. They're, 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 they're a horrible team. They will struggle, they? mate. You know, team. what is the game I always refer to, mate? On you this say time? I always talk about that like, Burnley game. We just can't, we just struggle against them. Just, just the way they play, we just struggle. We played them, I think it was pre-Christmas and it was a horrible game to watch, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I, I just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced we'll get anything out of it, to be honest. With Unfortunately, you. neither am I. I, I. I knew you would beat Fulham. I didn't yeah. think it would be a last kick of the game, 1-0. But, but then I didn't think, we're going to see, you're saying yeah. David Schreiner, I didn't half thought for yeah. like, get something, to be honest. I mean, if you listen back to the pod, I predicted 1-0. You did. Uh, and if you listen back to the Newcastle game, I predicted 1-0. And if you, yeah. it, it's really weird. If anyone <laughs> is bothered, go back and listen. Uh, My it's, run it's on it's all the predictions. We're going to put a bet on this one. Yeah, I... Uh, I uh, don't think Wolves will win that game because yeah. Wolves are so light on the ground at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think you might get a point. I don't think you'll win that game, but I think yeah. you might get a point. Yeah. We could do with you winning that game, to be honest. Because um, you, you you'd assume Brighton would beat Sheffield United. You would assume. You would assume so. Um, you know, so that, that you would assume so Brighton would then get another three points on the board. 
you would want Burnley to keep within your range, particularly if you don't get anything at Leicester. Of course, yeah. By the time we do the pod next week, things are a lot mm. clearer, aren't they? Yeah, it could be finished. Things. Well, we'll be, we'll be previewing a derby. We'll, we'll be previewing the derby, absolutely. It could be all she wrote. And we, I think we would still be mathematically not relegated even if we lost to Wolves. I don't think Wolves can relegate us. I read Wolves, somewhere, Wolves could I might be wrong, us. I think I messaged you, I read somewhere, this could be wrong, so don't harm me to, I read somewhere that if, if Brighton beat Sheffield United, Burnley Villa, beat Villa beat Albion, and Burnley beat us, and then we could relegate you on the Saturday. Hmm. But that's a long shot, to be honest with you, for all those results to, to go that way, to be honest. But I might be wrong, I can't be held to that. Oh, that's what I just read. Yeah, we, we would still have we would still have five games left. I don't know. That's to do with the fact that Newcastle and Fulham are going to play each other, and the fact or Brighton and Burnley Possibly, might have yeah. to. I'm, I don't not, know. I'm not quite. I, sure I think we've we've just about like got our necks out of that noose. I think yeah. neither of us. This these last couple of results, as Coco said, have sort of saved us from that yeah, yeah. shame. Really, mm. that that would have been that would have been. And even that scenario I just said, that, that's a long shot scenario, yeah. to be fair. I, I don't think it can happen, just yeah. looking at the table. I, I mean, I, I, you could all but relegate. It's like you speak about mathematically yeah, relegated, actually course. relegated. If we lost that Wolves game, we would be all but relegated. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. But, I mean, it, it does all come down to, A, the Leicester result, and then massive, massive game on Sunday night. Strange time for a derby match, but Sunday yeah. night against Villa. Yeah. How I see that game going is... Villa are one of the best defensive units in the league. They are excellent defensively, yeah. and mm. that's that's somewhere where they're not missing anyone. They've got that first choice back four. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kirko. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah. They've got two fullbacks who, not so much cash, but target especially, knocking on the door of the England squad. Both been very, very yeah. good this season. You've got, obviously, Konza and Mings. Somehow Mings gets in the England team and Konza doesn't. I don't understand that. I'll never understand that. No, I think it's to do with left-footed distribution. Yeah, England really struggled um, distributing the ball from the left side of defence in the last World Cup. I listened to a great podcast, um, Zonal Marking, yeah, that the yeah. Athletic do. It's really, really good. And, um, yeah, they were talking about how England really struggled to progress the ball down the left, out, out from the back in the World Cup. Because Ashley Young was playing there, and I think it would have been uh, Harry Maguire, Maguire maybe yeah. on that on that left. Uh, so Tyrone Mings playing the ball that is a better option. Fits the mould of the left foot. Um, yeah. But I, I still think Cons is the pick of the defenders yeah, for me, and then obviously Martinez in goal. So I I kind of see Villa letting Albion come onto them a little bit, and with the distribution that the likes of Mings have got, I think that. Ollie Watkins could run our defence ragged on the counter. It might be a real old school sort of display yeah, yeah, from Villa. Yeah. And they might be happy to just say, right, you, you, you know, you're full of confidence. You can try and attack us, but we'll hit you on the counter. And I think if they had Jack Grealish, that is that's a foolproof tactic. Yeah. I don't know if Villa necessarily, not that they don't have the quality because they've got a fantastic team and they made us look silly at the Hawthorns, but I don't know if Villa are maybe clinical enough at this point in time to put to put Albion away. Albion have been very, very, you know, they've created a lot of chances. Villa will have to be clinical if they're going to beat Albion in that game. And I don't think Villa have been recently. No, I don't think they have been recently, but we have, we have got the players to be. That's that's the thing. I think it's, you know, Trezeguet is now out. Um, yeah, that looks long-term. He, he, he's doing his ACL, oh, I think, oh, actually. Okay. Um, right. I'm, not, I'm not sure if he needs surgery or what, but he, I think he's out for yeah. this game anyway. We've got El Ghazi. 
Um, who on his day, you know, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's he's such a good player. On, on his day seems to always coincide with when he goes <laughs> to the Hawthorns, by the way. So glad in the yeah. park. Um, you know, uh, Traore, William Runner, he, he may be lax. What a goal in that home game, by yeah, the way, Virgil yeah, Traore. Yeah, that's one of the goals of the season. Yeah, and it's just it was totally slept on. And, and he's got that, but yeah, you know, he lacks a bit of the defensive side, but you know, cash more than more than steps up for that. And we put, kind of play that three in the middle where Louisa and Nakamba will push and shuffle yeah, yeah. each way. So I'm not really that concerned about that. And Watkins has got, you know, he's a willing runner down the channels every, you know, balls every time. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll run every day. And I think that's where we can control the game. But I think we will look to actually control the game in the middle of the park rather than sit back and let you create chances. Yeah. I think, you know, we're at home. Villa Park, I know it's not the fans on there and stuff like that, but I think we will look to control the game and look to almost pass up the field. Yeah. I, the I actually think that will that will delight Sam Allardyce because mm. the, the thing that, that's really worked for Albion is this relentless high press. That's why we scored five goals against Chelsea and why we battered Southampton as well. It's winning the ball in the final third that's really, really stood us in good stead. JB's jaws just hit the floor and uh I think maybe there's some more news. <laughs> it is, but it's not ESL related. And it's from Portugal. I don't know. Do you know what? Wolves related them. Do you know what? No. Do you know what? I've been done. Sorry. You've been done. I've been Brilliant. done. Need to face. Sorry. <laughs> I I've mean, been done. I've been done. Hazard, hazard of the job. That was like yeah. the suit. That was like <laughs> Gillette Soccer Saturday. The, the way the evening had gone with jaw dropping news, yeah. that came up on the feed. And someone's basically created a profile with the Talking Wolves, which is a really reliable yeah, yeah, source because yeah. they yeah. link into their Portuguese son that never broke his ankle. <laughs> but they have looked and the handle is actually something different. But the way the evening had gone, that yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. oh my goodness me. So I apologise for that interruption, yeah. boys. No, no. <laughs> There's been some jaw dropping news coming. <laughs> but who for? Yeah, that, that, was, that was my happy moment. Was like, what? What? Oh, God. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but Kirk, I, I, as I was saying, we, we've had a bit of success with the high press. Yeah. And I think if Villa tried to, to, to sort of invite that pressure on, trying to play out through the thirds, it could it could be a really good game. It could not be the scrappy affair that maybe we've alluded yeah. to. Oh, I think it's going to be an excellent game. Yeah. Personally, okay. you know, as far that as means it'll be that means it'll be absolutely awful. Every time I say that, it's the complete opposite. Um, but but yeah. even even as fans, you don't want it to be scrappy, do you? You want it to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. You want yeah, it to, yeah. you know. And I think you know we have got that press. We've had teams pressers before. You know, Man City are the, the king of the press. Absolutely, Liverpool are yeah. the king of the press. Yeah. You know, they're, they're phenomenal at it. And have you got the players to do it? But not to that level, no. Not to not to. Can, level they can do, we then yeah. pass through the press and get up the pitch quicker? Can you know? Yeah. It, it, it's that tactical kind of analysis that you look at and think, oh, how can as Dean Smith? How can we hurt them? How can we actually? Yeah, because they'll be analysing what you've what you've been doing the Absolutely. past few weeks. Yeah, they'll yeah. know it's there's no coincidence we started yeah, scoring yeah, yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think to be fair, you know, the guy up front that you've got Dianya. Dianya, he look, he looks a powerhouse. He's he, gonna bully Tyro Mings. He is gonna absolutely run him ragged. It's it's gonna be interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that would be a proper battle. Well, the, well I mean, my my view on the villa back four is that Mings is the rough and tumble, he'll he'll put himself about. And I've never seen Conza make a tackle. Yeah. Never seen Conza make a tackle. Yeah. Even at Brentford, he's just always in the right position. Yeah. Stands yeah. off, stands off, stands off. He waits for you to shoot, block. Yeah. Or he, he'll shepherd very, you the right that, way. That, that bad touch and he's there. Yeah. yeah. If, if he hits that, the reading of the game that's just, you know, he's 
He's phenomenal, an absolute great player. And he, if he's, he's after he's... bad touches, Daniel might not have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think almost kind of Mings will go up for every header. He'll he'll be the, the yeah. guy challenging him and, and Conzo will be the guy that, that mops up and yeah, trying yeah, to win the sure. second ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pereira or Robinson. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I think, sure. yeah, I think that's the key to it really. And then we'll we'll try and dominate the midfield through. I don't I don't know who will play in there. I think McGinn's a starter. Um, I've got John McGinn. I've admired him as a player since, well, since we were in the championship with Villa. Mm. Like the night we lost on penalties, Albion were the better team that night, and then we got Man City, whatever. But John McGinn was excellent that night. The the two all that season where J Rod yeah. handballed it, John McGinn best player on the pitch. Yeah, he always plays well against Albion. Yeah, I, I always thought player. that the championship was his level. And the first I know season you mean, in the yeah. Prem, I was like, oh, maybe he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't got that factor about him, the X factor that you know Premier League players kind of have. But he is an absolute workhorse. Doesn't stop running, yeah. and he's just really gritty and he you know, wants to put an tackle, wants yeah, to do yeah. the dirty work. He knows he's not. You know, he knows he's got his limits. Yeah, I think he knows that as a footballer, um, but he'll just run and he'll he'll put the work in that maybe allows Grealish, yeah, sure, allows yeah, yeah, yeah sure. to go and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, we again we could sit and go around circles yeah. on this all night. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. um, we uh, you know, the game will kick off eventually, and we'll have to stop talking <laughs> about it. Um, second time I've made that joke in this podcast. Absolutely, I, made it, I know. The, yeah, yeah. The cut we're going to put in Maluk later. Um, the the last thing I really wanted to do after some predictions, of course. So in the Wolves Burnley game, I'm going to go nil nil. Yeah, JB. I can, yeah, I can. I can see. I can see nil nil. I think I'm going to mirror you there. I can see that. You, you can't just copy me now, JB. No, no. I, got I, got, I, got, I just can't see us winning, and I can't. I, can't, I, I just can't see us. Yeah. I looked at that Sheffield United game, and and I, I, I can't see how we. Yeah. I, I just struggle to see how we can move yeah. away from from that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You know, I, I might it's... change my prediction if JB is going nil nil. I'll go one one. I'll go one one. No, because at the same time I can't see Bernie not scoring because yeah, usually Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes bullies. I think <laughs> Ashley Barnes didn't play on the weekend against United. I don't know if he's injured or not. Um, sure. He wasn't involved at all in the squad. So okay. and Ashley Barnes usually yeah. dominates. So, yeah, but Chris yeah. Wood. He's, he's there, so I'll go one all actually. Yeah. I'll go one all. I was going to say one nil Burnley. One nil Burnley. Yeah, yeah all of these scorelines would surprise we, me. We, I feel like I've a lot these last couple of weeks, haven't I? I've said against about the Wolves Fulham games, I think about the Albion Southampton game. I said no matter what result we predict, there'd be Albion draw Southampton or Wolves yeah. Fulham. What nothing will surprise me. Yeah. And the, the Wolves Burnley game's got that feel. I don't. That stage of the season. Yeah. That yeah, stage of the and just the way the teams are matched up as well, and I feel very similar. I know we're going to touch on the predictions for the Albion Villa now, but yeah. I. Can see that going anyway. Yeah, I, anyway. I think that's going to be that is going to be such an intriguing game on Sunday night. I just wish we weren't playing Leicester this week. I just wish that because Dean Smith and um, Sam Allardyce asked the FA could they play this yeah, game yeah, on the yeah, weekend, yeah. and yeah. the FA said no, um, which is infuriating because Villa play Man City tomorrow, and yeah, like, that's yeah. not going to be an easy game. We play Leicester, a game where we need points, and you know yeah. it's going to be tough. No, I think to I know. Cover the ESL stuff before, but I think we're looking at UEFA and and FIFA and the Premier League and stuff like this as the good guys in all of this. Yeah, they're really not. Like they're, no. they're, they're not there for the fans. They're not there for the clubs. You know, touch on really quickly. Like they're 
you know, it, it's it's they've really jumped on the bandwagon with it, this, it, haven't it's they? It's saying, yeah, you've got to cut an arm off. Which one would you like to cut off? It, it, absolutely, it's a bit, you know, yeah, spot on, spot on, yeah, spot on, absolutely. But so pre- prediction wise, Kirko, what what are you thinking? Uh, for Villa baggage. Yeah, I thought you were going to say four nil. I think it'll be one nil Villa. One nil Villa. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go two one Albion. I'm going to sit on the fence and I'm going to have to go one all. Yeah, I just, okay. I just can't see you scoring. We've been clinical enough. We've, you know, the back line, we've got the keeper, we've got, and I could see us just edging it a eight, little bit. Eight goals, eight goals in the last two games, Coco. Is that what you've let in or? No. <laughs> 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 hey, listen, I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm actually looking forward to, yeah. to yeah. watching and, it. And I, I hope it lives up to it. And I hope it kind of, it's not just a scrappy game where imagine if the fans were there. Yeah. Everyone oh, posts, yeah. and this is not just Albion fans, everyone in the country posts that video of us scoring the first goal, Dwight Gale in the playoff semi-final, and the yeah. fans are going nuts yeah, in the away yeah. end. And there's no colours because it's away end, so you can't see who it is, yeah, yeah. but it's our away end. And it fills me with pride every time I see it. I was I wasn't at the away, you could get to get no. I wasn't at the away leg, yeah. I was at the home leg. And like that passion would be mirrored in this game because it's essentially do or die again yeah, so yeah, it would wouldn't it, like Villa Park would have been rocking yeah, to relegate yeah. us they'd have yeah, loved that yeah, our fans yeah. would have been right up for it Um, it would have been a cracking cracking game well it probably still will be but it would have been a, it is but again it touches on what we spoke about the other week doesn't it it's like the players obviously that Alvin will be before because of the position they're in in terms of having that task back on again yeah. but it must be hard for them you know, and it's billed as a derby, and yeah. it's a Sunday night on, under the lights and all that sort of thing. But we know fans there, it's, it's, it must be a killer. You can't just it up, can you? you no, you can't. can't. And I think, you know, it's a derby, but realistically, the players that are playing it, it isn't for them, is it? You yeah. know, the only one think, who would really care is injured. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, th- I think, you know, other players, like, they understand the, the you know, the, the, the occasion. Yeah. You know, yeah. McGinn understands it. He, you know, he's, he's come from Scottish football. Yeah, sure, big sure, derbies sure. up there. You know, other other players have got derbies around the world, but they're, they're not involved in it. Yeah, not, yeah, they yeah. don't understand the actual, yeah the, yeah, the need to win kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. which, I mean, that might help Albion because derby or no derby, we need to win that football match. Yeah, yeah. So it might help us. Definitely. So, definitely. JB, you're going one, one all. One, one, yeah. You're going one, one, one nil, Kirk, yeah. and I'm yeah. going two on Albion. It's interesting. We all it think Villa will score once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hope we're all wrong. Um, yeah. the, the, the actual last thing I wanted to do, um, because this is the last time we're going to have Kirko on this season. Yeah. Uh, this is his third appearance, hat trick ball, soccer AM style. We've got it. Yeah, we we had a little signed Wolves ball upstairs. If you want it, me away, tonight. Sure, I'm good, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a box. Name. Is that from when you used to work there? Or? We got so far into this podcast that I hadn't mentioned that. We had two guests and you waited the last five minutes. He didn't mention it, to be fair. No, to be fair. He didn't, but he was itching. I can see him going to say it. Um, So the the last thing I wanted to do was build a little bit of a combined 11. This is a, a combined Premier League Midlands 11. Now, we haven't mentioned any names, but we had a little chat and we said how many players we we are really willing to fight tooth and nail for in this and it came to more than 11 when we added before so this, this might not work yeah. this might come to a little bit okay. of um of, of a stalemate at some point but if it comes to a stalemate between two clubs the other one gets to decide makes sense yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so if yeah. i if i say 
an Albion player. Yeah, yeah, JB yeah. says a Wolves player. There's no Villa player involved. Yeah, you say it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and we're just gonna have to hope for some good. Are we are, are we we are going just based on on this season. This season, season. This that, season. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, because yeah. if it was yeah, all yeah. over, like yeah, yeah. yeah well, Albion will get him. So, soon, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're going to get into a big <laughs> argument with number one here, but I think okay. the goalkeeper. Let's let, let, let on. Go on. The goalkeeper. On, on, generally, I think Patricio is better than both of them, but this season he's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's, he's not, out. He's not yeah, involved yeah, in the conversation this no, season. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the best two goalkeepers this year yeah. for their teams are Emmy Martinez yeah. and Sam Johnston. Yeah. I firmly believe yeah. that, and I can't sit here in good conscience and say that Emmy Martinez has had a better season because of how many important saves Sam Johnston has made. Yeah. He's kept us in games. We would have been relegated by now if it wasn't for yeah, Sam Johnston. Yeah, yeah. And he's got an England call-up. What a transformation that's been. However, however, Emmy Martinez has been phenomenal as well. Kirko, I don't know where you stand on this. I, I, I don't think it's a discussion. Yeah, so turning honest, yeah, I, Ma- Martinez has got a, a call-up for his country, if you want to say that. Um, and... I think it just says everything. I think he's got the, the the most clean sheets in the league, bar Man City. I think. Yeah. Um, are they are they in the league or they're not? Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. West Brom. Uh, yeah. The goal difference minus thirty one. Yeah. Villas is plus ten. Yeah. And I just think the table doesn't lie. You're there yeah, because yeah. you're letting goals. Absolutely. That, that's yeah. not purely Johnston's fault, but yeah. it's it's a contributing factor. I yeah. Think. I mean, I I could point to. Sorry, I was going to say, I couldn't point to a time this season where Sam Johnston has been at fault for any of that. There's one, he came for a cross, which he didn't get to in the Spurs game. With 32 games in this season, I can't think of a mistake leading to a goal other than that. And for a team dwelling in the relegation zone, that's pretty impressive. I feel like this argument is falling on deaf ears here. <laughs> I don't feel like I've got any chance of swaying JB. No, no. Even if I buy him a pint out of my... <laughs> no, listen, 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 no, listen, no, no, no. It's, it's a really difficult one. It's generally a difficult one because yeah. I've heaped praise on Sam Johnston from most most of our whole pod career, if you like. I think he's been excellent, outstanding. But I would have to go Martinez. I just think he has been different class. I think, I think he's, had, like I said, the, the most clinched part from Man City. Even when I watched him against the Wolves twice, I mean the, the Wolves game against us. Yeah, it, 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 it was it was it was better than a brick yeah. wall in, in the goal. Yeah. It, it was really. ridiculous. He did the same at Villa Park. He did it at Molyneux and Villa Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and and generally he has been outstanding. Um, I've watched all the Villa games where he's been unbelievable. Really tight call. In in their own right, been two of the best goalkeepers uh, in the league. But if it's falling on me because obviously I'm out of the equation and I'm conscious that I don't. Uh, Run over time. Yeah. I'm going to have to go Martinez, and now you're going to no problem. Forget, that's, that's fine, mate. I'll, uh, I'll so I'll wait until you have uh, <laughs> tomato against Matty Cash here, and I'll <laughs> that's, really... that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. Darnell Furlong doesn't get into this conversation. No, 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 no. So, you know he's done well last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, he's been. Yeah, he's been much improved. But if yeah, we're yeah. talking the thirty yard games that have gone so far, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where this conversation's going, isn't it? Tomato yeah, yeah, tomato and, and Matty Cash. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, for me, I think tomato is been excellent obviously when he came over and he struggled he did, he did have a few wobbles initially yeah. you know he, 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 did, he had the odd good game and, and struggled a couple of games but generally I think since since December really he's been outstanding um, he's probably been our man of the match for the last X amount of games 
Um, most of the games he's played in, he's been first ranked in terms of like, you know, sort of interceptions, passes, drives forward, etc. Um, we touched on this briefly to me off air, Kirk, yeah, about yeah. it. And, you know, and I think on the face of it, I think Samedo is the better player. He's better than Matty Cash. Um, and, it's a and again, it's hard for me. I've got to back Samedo's corner because of, of how good he's done, particularly recently. Yeah. I haven't watched a huge amount of Matty Cash. Yeah. Um, so I would be doing a bit of disservice, yeah. but I've, I've got to back Samedo on that yeah. one. Yeah. I've seen yeah. a lot of them both, and I've seen a lot of Matty Cash last season as well. Yeah. And I do not like Matty Cash. Mm. Uh, I, d- I can't stand him from his forest <laughs> days. I really don't like him. But he's had a very good season. He's, 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 had, a, he's had a fantastic season. Yeah. He's come up from the the championship from Forest, and that that step up is huge. You know what I mean, for the prep from the championship to the Premier League, and he hasn't had a wobble. I can't remember him having a bad game where I've looked and thought maybe this is a bit too much. Yeah, for him. yeah. Uh, right back, um, Gilbert has gone over to uh, France on loan. Uh, other options, El Mahamedi. Who yeah. is about forty-seven now? Yeah, and he's a um, wing back at best, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. he's not great defensively, and he's just shored up that right hand side. Mm. That you know, at the start of the season, we're thinking, oh, Gilbert is he? You know, he wasn't amazing last year. Yeah, but Matty Cash has come in and he's he's made that position his own. He's, I, um, he's not had a bad game. I I think this might be the Villa back five. I'm just trying to see it mad here. <laughs> I, I I can't don't think no, I can't think no. of an Albion or a Wolves player that gets in here. I can think of what. Oh yeah, no, well, I, I disagree. Yeah, which will surprise you. Yeah, but, I, I um. So, so moving on. Yeah. So are we playing a four? Do you play a four? Four two three. three. I think four two three one. Yeah. Will get the best out of the three behind the striker, mm-hmm. and I think there are three standout players. Yes, from the yeah, yes, I agree. Yes, so, and yes. That, so yeah. we'll go four yeah. two three one. Yeah. Um, centre backs. Mings doesn't get in my team, to be fair. No, Conza does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Conza's there. Sign that off. Other centre back, then. Who are we talking? For me, it's not straight shooters in terms of equal. Yeah. But it's Bolly against Ajay for me. Yeah, I, I think Ajay has been awesome, and I think Ajay has been excellent. I think I think Bolly has obviously had intermittent injuries. Yeah. Um, my, my argument for Bolly is because when he's come back from injuries, we've looked a different team yeah. with him in. But consistently across the season, Ajay has been. Been yeah. very, very good, which again goes against the grain. You look at the league table, they're not yeah. the worst defence in the league. It's, and it's really difficult, isn't it? Because yeah. and people will listen to this who maybe haven't watched that, but go, how can you say now I've been sent to an awful lot of those games, uh, the games we've lost really heavily have been not to do with maybe centre backs, it's been an, an entire team implosion, yeah. or we've been playing with 10 men. That, yeah, that's also yeah. happened as well so, quite a few times. So, too I mean, often. I mean, I mean, like I said, I'd have to try and back Bolly because yeah. because when he when he's come back from injury, so excuse me, he's been very good. But yeah. I've got no issue with him losing out to a Jay because a Jay has been been very good yeah. generally. generally. Yeah. Um, well, we, we conceded four against Everton when we were down to ten, three against Villa when we were down to ten, yeah. two against Villa yeah. when we were down to ten men, um, five against Palace, yeah. uh, four of which we were down to ten men for. Yeah. Like they, I don't think Shemi Jay is the problem. Yeah. Um, and I think he, I hope, yeah, he's part of an Albion defence for a long time coming. And I, th- I think just because Bolly's not played enough, yeah, no, no, Bolly, Bolly's a better footballer, absolutely. But Bolly hasn't played, played enough, so, so, I, so I'm not happy to agree. I didn't need to get to Kirk. I'm happy to, to, to yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Jay's I think, I think, I think, if Mings hadn't had so many wobbles over yeah. the past, yes, he's yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. the one question mark in that back yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, completely. And you know, he's there. It's like. 
Yeah. Actually, you, you never know if you're going to do something dodgy, do you? Yeah. You know I, mean? I think he's always there. Yeah, and I think left back is, is, is pretty easy, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's a discussion. I think it targets so, straight. So Connor Townsend and then we'll... <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out to Connor Townsend. Yeah, 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 no, a, a bit like Matty Cash, I thought the, this, and John McGinn, I thought, yeah. oh, is he going yeah, yeah, to yeah. cope at this yeah, level? Yeah. And he yeah. has. He's not been not been one of our weaker performers mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to go on that target there. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's so, transformed, hasn't he? To absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So then we need a double pivot. If we're going to call it that, uh, yeah. Stan Collymore will be turning in his grave. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but so the double pivot, I have to say, okay, Yakushli, the the difference he's made since January has been insane. Well, can we? Okay, that's we'll come back. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we agree. Neves is there, hundred percent, don't we? At, the, at one of the two, Neves has been unbelievable all season. He's been he's been turning to one of the best. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel been, like Neves, Louise, and Yakushli. Yeah. One of those three is going to be very hard done by not getting into this team here. Yeah, I think so. Um, that, that's what I was going to say, by the way, Louise. I yeah, think yeah. Um, for me, he's just, he, he's sometimes he gets caught out of position a little bit. He's, you know, Brazilian, bit of flair to him. Um, but he's, he's just been consistent in there. He's a good player. All season. A good player. Um, and there's a reason why Man City kind of want him back, or they've, they've definitely got the eyes on him. So. Yeah. Now I oh if if I'm calling it between Neves, yeah, there's a way we can solve this, isn't there? No, there isn't. This is going to be difficult. If I'm choosing between Neves and Louise, I'd be tempted to go Louise. That's, that's yeah. scandalous. I mean you're ba- that, you're that basing that it on your Kushlu. Yeah. There. And well your Kushlu gets in there just for well, the difference got- he's made. He's played six he's months. Played. And not even that, has he? Was four, it? four months, three months, three and a half months. Yeah, and look at the difference he's made. Over Neves, you having, well, you, you, you having, you having Louise and, and you crushed you over Neves this season. Wow. I don't think Neves has been as good as last season. Neves has been out. Wow, <laughs> I, I haven't watched much. He's Wolves, completely so. changed his game. He's like, he, yeah. he's, he's coming, he's come, he's become an unbelievable senior. Unbelievable, right? Okay. I can see the steam coming out of Jamie's ears here because, because he signed in January. Because he's not played the full season, I'm not disputing I'm happy you to could, say you that he's done well for Arvin and he has made a huge yeah. difference. And he, he does look a decent really player. Good. I mean, I haven't watched enough of Luis. It gets me difficult for me because I watch obviously more Albion than Villa. So yeah. Yeah. it's hard for me to comment on. So on... what you're saying is you go and you cush Lou over Luis? No, no. I'm just saying, I don't. <laughs> so you haven't seen Louise play, but you're going to say. But, I, but I'm trusting Kirko saying he's been consistent. He, he has, but then again, he, he had a bit of a wobble. Um, but if we but if we're saying he's had a wobble, when the camber came in. Oh, if he's had a wobble. If he's had a wobble. He's had a wobble. Nah, he's had a wobble. Finished. He's yeah. finished. He's had a wobble. Moving on. <laughs> we've got to be, we've got to be, we've got to be nitpicky here, haven't we? We have. We've got to be nitpicky um, here. I, I can't, I can't. I wouldn't mind having Neves and Yukushlu together, to be honest with you. I know, but then, the I, well, I, I, but then I wouldn't mind losing Louise. Crush me, either. that would. I feel uh, like Louise, uh, Louise is Louise is hard done by they not getting in. Yeah, but, but you, could, you could also throw McGinn in for his work rate and stuff like that. But yeah, a, a, a typical CDM would be. Yeah. Louise. Are we going for one CDM, one out and out centre mid, or are we going? It doesn't really matter, does it? It's one of them three, and it's you know what? Three, you know what? <laughs> really? Well, is it because we could do that, and then we could stick your McGinn's, yeah. your Conor Gallagher's, 
your Jesus, we'll be here all night, with that. <laughs> I know, honestly. I know, wow. Yeah. Oh, this is, because this I think if you get the four-two-three-one, I'm pretty confident, unless I'm incorrect here, what the the, the, the three. We think we all know the three. I think we all. Yeah, I think we know the three. And I think the podcast. We know the one. Yeah. In my opinion, so yeah. for me, I think I think rather than this drag on out all night because it will do. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think Nevers and Yukushlu. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll there's a lot yeah. of Villa representation yeah. in this team Nevers yeah. and Yukushlu yeah. but an asterisk next to Yukushlu yeah. for the fact it's the difference he's made yeah. you know obviously he's not been here since the start yeah. right this okay. this three behind the striker yeah. that we've all been alluding to okay it's Neto Pereira Grealish 100% what about Barkley <laughs> don't start don't start I'd agree what a front three that is yeah. by the way yeah. wow they'd have some fun to joke um, and then this striker now I do feel for Raul Jimenez here because he was the injury killed him and he was having, he, a, great he was having a great season yeah. De- he hasn't made anywhere near the difference your Kushlu's made I can't yeah. argue that yeah. <laughs> Which and means... likewise I can't argue for Jimenez because obviously for the period of time that he played he, he was, was scoring for fun yeah, brilliant yeah. But unfortunately, that cruel injury and that leaves the one and only, you know, the boy, the boy's been fantastic. Oliver Watkins here. Yeah, Oliver Watkins. Yeah, yeah, it has to be Oliver Watkins. Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been excellent. Yeah, and I admit, I was one of those that questioned the the, 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 the transfer fee and at the beginning of the season thought, you know, and that's probably my, um, what's my name, my sort of ignorance to, to, the, to, to the championship, yeah. I agree. No, but, um, but, so, so did I. I looked at him and thought, yeah, it's a massive amount. Yeah, yeah. And he's got to make that step up. Uh, yeah. And he's, you know, he was a striker. And he's just absolutely Matty cashed it. He was like a winger, cross striker, wasn't he? He yeah, got, he he got, was, yeah. he got transformed into the striker. Exeter, he was a proper winger. And then Brentford. What a great striker. And now he's in this team. This really is the crack. He's got to get him on Twitter, mate. He's trophy like. I'm sure you've got a few spare from your Sunday league days. I'd love to think, mate. We'll get one over to all 11 of them. Like it's the PFA team. Well, boys, unless we've got anything to add. I've got a question. Go on, go on. So as as a Wolves fan, I think he's talking to you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Would you want to relegate West Brom? Yes. Would, what, what, would you want to relegate them? I say, where, with no it? fans in the stadium. Oh, I, or would you want them to stay up? So you fans get a derby it's a fantastic question. Year. Do you know it's something I've really thought about? To be honest with you, and the thought of a Black Country derby in the Prem with all the fans and, and it being done the proper way, obviously that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. But. Let's be honest, we've been relentless here, haven't we? Nah, fuck them. Like, yeah, let's, let's get them gone. Do you know what I mean? Well, if I, no, you know, it's interesting because if I put myself in your shoes, if I think I can relegate walls with no fans tomorrow, I'm sat there thinking, absolutely. Listen, Black Country Derby with the fans in, absolutely. But, uh, 
Nah, fuck up. See you. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, <laughs> you won't be relegated us anyway. So, Kirko, thank you for yeah, your time. Job, and, uh, thanks again to Luke Hatfield. Thank yeah. you for listening, guys. Anyone who got this far, if you yeah. wouldn't mind giving us a rating on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Please Google, do. wherever you get your podcasts, that would mean the world to us. It really, really does help. And it means we can keep making these. Um, and hopefully, you really, really enjoyed this episode. We'll see you in the next one, guys, after hopefully two Albion wins and a Wolves win, which would keep this Albion train going. Tell you what, just a little bit. Just a little bit. See you later, guys.